Today's reading is Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 1. The church persecuted and scattered. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Hello everyone, it's great to be with you today. I wish I was with you in person. Uh, The last time I was in your wonderful building, uh, my daughter was getting married and that was uh, such an amazing day. As Paul mentioned earlier, I'm the director of Agape UK, which is part of a global missionary organisation and we're passionate about helping people to discover Jesus together. And today I want to share a little bit from the Bible and to tell you some stories of what we're seeing God doing Uh, in the UK and around the world and I was asked to speak a few months ago and if I'd have given this talk back then it would have looked a little bit different to how it does today. Uh, These are strange and difficult times that we find ourselves in. We're living in the midst of a pandemic with all its uncertainties and its limitations and we're also in a time of extreme tension as issues of racial inequality and injustice have been at the forefront of our news and in our conversations over the past few weeks. Our world is experiencing turbulence. The UK is turbulent. Nothing feels normal. And you may have been feeling within yourself some turbulence. I've certainly felt like I've been on a roller coaster at times, or as somebody coined it, a rona coaster. Uh, But we can't avoid what we're going through. And the birth of the early church was a little bit like this. In the reading from Acts 8, we see the apostles and the early believers in Jerusalem starting to experience a lot of turbulence. Luke, who wrote about the life, death and resurrection of Jesus in his gospel, wrote a second volume called the Book of Acts, following on what Jesus continued to do after uh, his resurrection. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus says to the early disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Their mission was going to begin in Jerusalem and and then from there to the wider area of of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And God sends the Holy Spirit uh, after this and the community of Jesus followers starts to grow. Thousands are added to their number. And we see this beautiful community come together where they share their life and their possessions with one another. Um, they pray together, they break bread together, they learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus through their teaching and through just through living together and being a community of Jesus followers. Um, and we see miracles and we see people healed. Just an incredible time in the early church. I mean, just heady, exciting times. Uh, But as the church grows and strengthens, tension builds with the Jewish authorities as they're filled with jealousy and they deem the community of Christ followers as extremely dangerous, a real threat to their authority, their way of life. 
and the constructs of their faith and society. So they have the apostles arrested and thrown into prison, but God breaks them out miraculously and sends them to um, go and share the gospel in the temple courts, um, right where the Jewish authorities are. And uh, and then we meet, um, it's audacious and it's not very subtle. And then we meet Stephen, one of the appointed leaders of the early church who preaches powerfully in the temple. And he's accused of being a terrorist and he's stoned to death because they cannot stand his message. At the same time, we're introduced to a young man named Saul, a terrifying person, somebody, probably the last person you would imagine to uh, become a Jesus follower himself. And uh, uh, Saul is against all Jesus followers. He is completely against them. He wants to eradicate all Jesus followers and to destroy them. He even takes pleasure in attacking them. And then so then we arrive in chapter eight, as we read earlier, and maybe up until this point, up until um, they've been signed to thrown into prison, um, it felt quite safe, comfortable in Jerusalem up until this point. Um, but then comes this extreme turbulence and great persecution begins and the, in the early church and men and women are dragged out of their homes and they're thrown into prison and they're put to death. And so the early church in this persecution starts to scatter. And it says that everyone, apart from the apostles, leaves. They're dispersed. And where are they dispersed to? They're dispersed throughout Judea and Samaria. Everything that was familiar to these young believers is gone. They can no longer meet together uh, or be together in Jerusalem. There would have been terrifying times. Their lives were in danger. Their communities were under threat. And so they leave Jerusalem. Was it like the time after Jesus' death where the disciples um, fled and hid uh, because they were terrified of what would happen? Um, they were so confused by Jesus' death and terrified about what would happen next that they hid themselves. Would it, was it like that with these young believers? No. Uh, as they dispersed and scattered throughout Judea and Samaria, they preached the gospel. Uh, they'd received the Holy Spirit and in his power, wherever they went, they preached the gospel. Remember that these aren't the apostles who are scattered. Um, it's everyone else. It's, it's, just, it's just people like you and I, just the believers. Um, and somebody called them accidental missionaries as they dispersed throughout all the regions. But as they did, they preached the gospel and they helped under other people to understand how they can know Jesus for themselves. They couldn't help themselves but preach the gospel. And they end up in surprising places. And one of those surprising places is Samaria. Uh, now, it's surprising because Samaritans were ancient enemies of the Jews. Jews hated Samaritans. They held deep-seated prejudice against them. You could call them racist. But in God's kingdom, for Jesus' followers, as demonstrated by Jesus throughout his earthly life, there was no place for hatred, prejudice, injustice, bigotry or pride. The gospel had been preached to the Jews and now it was time to take the gospel to other peoples, to the rest of the world. So Philip goes to Samaria and with no seeming sense of prejudice, Instead, he's, he's filled with God's love and he tells them about this Jesus who's transformed the, his life. 
He preaches the gospel and we see people are set free from evil and their sicknesses are healed. And there's this demonstration of the kingdom of God bringing total freedom in Christ. And it says in there in that passage in chapter 8 that there was great joy in the city. And the story goes on after that when Philip uh, leads an Ethiopian eunuch to Christ. Ethiopia certainly would have felt like the end of the earth. And soon after that, we see Saul's incredible encounter with Jesus and his miraculous conversion. What a turnaround and what a time in the early church, in a time of turbulence and scattering. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was the beginning. The church is scattered and the gospel is preached so that every person can have the opportunity to know God personally. Over these past few months, we have become the church scattered in our day. In the past, growing churches would have normally asked good questions regarding any changes to plans um, or the programs, how we can connect with our communities. We looked at our services and changes that we might make. But in a time when we would have evaluated any changes we'd make as a church, we'd never have considered stopping meeting in person altogether and moving to digital platforms. It would have been a ridiculous idea. Imagine that coming up in a church meeting. We wouldn't have chosen to stop meeting. And it's hard not to be together, isn't it? Uh, you might be struggling to connect with your church in this way and really miss being with your Shirley, Shirley Baptist Church family in your lovely building. Um, things that we took for granted a few months ago, um, we certainly wouldn't take for granted again. And it will be a real joy to uh, that day when we can meet together in person again, when that time comes, and it will. But in these turbulent times, God is doing something incredible. When has church ever been more accessible to all? In April, it's reported that a quarter of the UK went to church. Think about it. A quarter of the UK went to church. Churches are seeing 70% increase in people checking them out. This is a new season for the church. More opportunities for the gospel than we've seen in many years. The church may have been scattered physically, but we are connected digitally. Even though we're physically distanced and many are locked down, the Holy Spirit is with us and the gospel is not locked down. Digital may seem a strange word and a strange idea. And how does it relate to people and the gospel? Surely we need to connect with a person and not a screen. One of my good friends says that behind every screen is a person and never in the history of the world have we been able to connect with everyone to the ends of the earth like we can today. Every missionary organization uh, will be able to share with you what they're seeing God do at this time. But let me tell you a little bit about what we're seeing happening um, through our ministry. We'll start in the UK. So at the beginning of lockdown, um, our student worker team uh, set up a digital mission week to experiment with connecting with students online. We could no longer go onto university campuses to meet students, so we had to try something else. And in one week, our team managed to uh, grab the attention of 27,000 people through Instagram. They had online conversations with 172 people that week and were able to talk to about 80 people about Jesus, far more than any normal week on campus. 
Our scattered student workers have maybe had a greater impact now than before these turbulent times. Doing things differently because we had to, but creating more opportunities um, and being innovative and, and as a result, connecting with more people. All over the world, people are searching on the internet the question, does God exist? And in the UK, 26,000 people have found our article, Does God Exist?, on a website that we have called everystudent.com. And on average, those 26,000 people have spent nine minutes reading this article. That's an astonishing um, amount of time in today's standards of how long somebody would normally spend on in any one place online. People are asking the question, does God exist in these times? Our aim in all of these um, contact points is to ensure that all of these individuals have a way to connect with a real person for a conversation and to be able to discover Jesus. But this is a season for creativity. And as we find new ways to do ministry and as we grow in our understanding of how people are connecting, what they're searching for, what their needs are, um, uh, the internet has become a great place to, um, to connect with these people a great place to build community um, and to have conversations and to bring hope throughout the, the UK. It's just been incredible. And more broadly around the world, uh, since March the 1st, we've seen 21 million people, 21 million people visit our websites um, from nearly every country in the world. It's just incredible. The ends of the earth. In addition to that, we're seeing 3 million people every day connecting with us through social media. And through these digital platforms, we're having the opportunity to invite millions of people to encounter Jesus every day. It's just incredible. In the month of May, our website, everystudent.com that I mentioned earlier, saw 106,000 people indicate that they decided to give their lives to Jesus. So we're working with church leaders around the world to help them to find ways to connect, to make these connections personal, to take it from online to person, to in person, because behind every screen is a person. But this isn't just a Western thing. It is happening everywhere in countries where it's uh, not allowed um, or it's not easy to openly talk about Jesus. We're seeing people choosing to follow him in these months more than we've seen in years in one North African country where we just have a handful of staff, they saw 105 new believers in the first month of lockdown, more than they'd seen in the previous two years. One of our staff in the UK was contacted by a person in the Middle East who'd, been, who'd seen a teaching video online and she wanted to understand more about the power of forgiveness in Christ. And after some conversations, she decided to give her life to Jesus. People in these places who have never met a Christian are encountering Jesus in their dreams and going onto Facebook to seek out how they can know, discover him themselves. There are no barriers to people discovering Jesus in a digital world. And uh, the exciting thing is that we're finding that many of these brand new believers are then sharing their newfound faith with their and telling their story to their friends and their neighbours. It's like the story in the Gospel of John chapter 4 um, with the, um, the woman at the well that meets Jesus 
and uh, how uh, you know how she goes off and she rushes to tell her uh, her neighbors and her friends about this Jesus that she met and we're seeing people doing that today new believers instantly telling their stories uh, to their friends and their neighbors about Jesus People are in real conversations about life and Jesus, and they're not restricted by geography or travel or COVID. But what about in person? You know, that's the digital world. Uh, But there are great opportunities that we're finding with our neighbours. Everybody is more connected with their neighbours, or most people are more connected with their neighbours because of lockdown and because of the, the pandemic. We're finding great opportunities to be a blessing to support our neighbours neighbors in multiple ways, just like the early church, sharing things uh, and being supportive, offering practical support, being a listening ear, really seeking to understand what people are thinking and how they're being impacted by these times that we're living in together. People are coming together in their streets, demonstrating the love of God in our actions and our words and our stories and having great opportunities to have intentional conversations about Jesus. This is a great time to share your own story and to bring hope to your neighbour right now. Recently, one of our Agape staff in Eastern Europe set up a Zoom group, some Christian girls, a Zoom group, (laughs) who would have understood what that phrase was a few weeks ago. But um, she set up this group to discuss a book called God Space by Doug Pollock. And uh, in this book, it talks about how to have, to create God space um, conversations that are natural and easy. And one of the girls then had a great conversation with one of her friends who isn't a Christian. And uh, the conversation went a bit like this. Her friend said, where you live and what you do totally center, centers around who you are. Religion or God or education doesn't come into it. Oh, said the Christian. That's interesting. For me, God would feature in it. Yes, yeah, said her friend. I believe in God, but not as much as you. Oh, said the Christian, why do you believe in God? Because he's the only one who believes in me. No one else believes in me. Yes, said the Christian, God loves you. And he loves you a lot. It's a simple conversation, but one we could all have. You see, there's a spiritual hunger growing across the UK and around the world. People are asking questions. People want to know if there is more to life than they have known before. Is there something bigger or someone stronger than the fragile world that we live in? Is there really hope? How can you be bringing the hope of and the life of Jesus to the people God has put you with? How can you be connecting with those people that you can't physically be with right now, offering to pray for them, uh, sharing articles online, uh, sending them books, writing them letters, being a listening ear on the phone, maybe on a real phone? Like the early church and the story of Philip, while we're experiencing this turbulence, now is the time for the scattered church, for us to bring us to bring joy as we confidently talk about Jesus and how Jesus changed our lives and to bring hope to other people of how they can know Jesus for themselves. Just a few ideas as I wrap this up uh, that you might be able to do this week as you try to have intentional conversations uh, and create space for those uh, God conversations with your friends and your families and your neighbours. Maybe if you're on Instagram, maybe you could post a, um, a Bible verse on Instagram and, and uh, just say what it means to you. Maybe you could offer your, um, your neighbours um, this book 
uh, by John Lennox called Where is God and a Coronavirus World. It's an excellent book and it'll be a great conversation starter. Offer this to your neighbour and say, I'd love to um, hear what you think about this book. Start the conversation. Maybe invite your friend to um, to church um, online next week and then ask them what their experience was like. What did they think about it? You could offer to pray for a friend or you could um, uh, point them to the Try Praying app and encourage them to try praying for themselves. You could start a book group online. You could talk about any book because any anything is a good conversation starter. And maybe you can think about five people that you can be praying for and praying um, that God would give you opportunities to share your story and to hear their stories and to talk about Jesus. We have good news to share. And rather than the pandemic holding us back, God is giving us opportunities for the gospel like never before. Never before in our history have we had the opportunities like we have today. As people are asking the questions, they're asking, where is hope? Does God exist? What does that mean for me? The gospel is not on lockdown. We, the scattered church, are not hidden away. And God is giving us new opportunities to share about the hope we have in him. It's really good news. I'm praying for you as a church as you consider ways that God can give you uh, opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with your friends and your family and your neighbours in these days. And for you yourself to be encouraged uh, because, um, because God is with you and God is with us in these days. Amen.